We are now in the latter half of Lent, hearing our readings today, filled as they are with the dead being raised to life. I feel like Easter must be right around the corner. Our readings, like the cherry trees in our front yard soon will be, are bursting with life. It's as if, as we approach Easter, we're beginning to feel the tremors emanating out from Jesus' resurrection. In our first lesson from Ezekiel 37, the Lord sets Ezekiel down in a valley of dry bones, and he asks, Son of man, can these bones live? Ezekiel prophesies to the bones, and the bones come together and take on sinew, and then flesh, and then skin, and finally they begin to breathe and live. The Lord says to Ezekiel, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up and our hope is lost, and we are indeed cut off. But the Lord has other and better plans for Israel to open their graves and to return them to their land and to put his spirit within them. Imagining the revival and return of Israel from exile in Ezekiel 37 gets me looking forward not only to celebrating Jesus' resurrection, it also reminds me of the resurrection that has taken place here in our congregation since the last time we read this passage together. That was March 29, 2020, almost exactly three years ago. And COVID and the fear of COVID were racing through our congregation, our state, and our nation. People were understandably cautious about mixing with others, even members of their own household, for fear of spreading the virus. On some Sundays, I could count the number of people worshiping here in person on my fingers, or maybe with the help of a few toes. And in my sermon on that Sunday, three years ago, I said, those of us here probably feel a little bit like the residents of Jerusalem who were left behind after the Babylonians had taken their neighbors into exile in Babylon once they had conquered and destroyed the city in 586 B.C. Fortunately, I said, I don't think we will have to wait 70 years like the Judean exiles did, before the virus risk moderates and we can all once again worship here together. What a great day that will be, I said, looking forward to a day like this. But like those Judean exiles, now, that is three years ago, we wait in hope and expectation for reunification, revival, and resurrection. That was then, and look at us now, returned, reunified, and revived. It is a great day indeed. And how about resurrection? Well, our congregation never died, so in that sense, recovery or resuscitation might be better words for what's happened to us since COVID. But Veronica's baptism this morning reminds us that each of us who has been baptized has died with Christ 
and therefore died to sin and has been resurrected with him to newness of life, as the Apostle Paul puts it in Romans chapter 6, verses 3 and 4. For we were really and truly dead in our sins. Therefore, resurrection is the right word for what God does to us in baptism. And it's cause for rejoicing. So much that today we burst out with the alleluias from which we otherwise abstain in this season of Lent. Today's gospel lesson from John 11 is also a story of resurrection. An intimation of the resurrection, of the coming resurrection of Jesus. As the daffodils on the south side of our building are harbingers of the new life that comes with spring. And as today's baby shower is a sign and a celebration of a new life as we await the arrival of Greg and Shelby's new baby among us. In today's gospel lesson, Mary and Martha are also waiting, but not for a new baby, for a different reason. They are waiting for Jesus to come and heal their brother, Lazarus, who was ill. But as you may have heard, Jesus doesn't come right away. He waits, and when he eventually arrives in Bethany, Lazarus has already died. In John 11, verse 21, Martha says to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. What a delicate way of saying, Lord, what took you so long? Why weren't you here for us? Why did you let my brother die? I find it refreshingly honest and encouraging that the Bible does not gloss over or edit out difficult questions like these. I can relate to people with these questions, many of which we ask too. Their questions show us that the Bible is for people like us who have those same questions. In verse 24, Martha tells Jesus that she knows that Lazarus will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. And Jesus replies, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Now, had I been Martha, I think I would have asked Jesus if he had gotten a touch of the sun. It's odd to hear someone tell you that they are an event. What would you think if I told you, I am the Paris Olympics. <laughs> Jesus tells Martha that he is the resurrection and the life. As if when we witness resurrection and life, those are signs and manifestations of Jesus himself, of God at work in our world. Jesus turns our view of the world on its head. We typically think of resurrection and life as things that we hope will happen to people. But Jesus tells us that resurrection and life are what go on when he happens to us and to our world. 
Things start living and sprouting and growing. Bones come together and live again. Buds form on trees and blossoms burst forth. Jesus and his resurrection reverberate in history, both forward and backward in time, breathing life into an otherwise dead world. In John chapter 11, played chronologically forward as we understand time, it seems like Jesus delayed his trip to Bethany by two days for no apparent reason, and then went to Bethany and eventually raised Lazarus. But leap forward in time with me for a minute, and think of Jesus, the resurrection and the life, bursting from his tomb on Easter Sunday. If we start there, at that death-defying eruption in John chapter 20, think of what it would be like to then experience the rest of the gospel as we would riding a shockwave back in time from his resurrection, as if the resurrection were the center and the beginning of the gospel and everything else followed from it. Then what we would see is Jesus being raised from the dead and then raising Lazarus, then explaining to Martha and Mary that he, Jesus, is the resurrection and the life. And that this is the sort of thing that happens when he lands on your planet. Jesus weeps with them from Mary and Martha's perspective of time with sorrow because Lazarus has just died. But playing time as we perceive it in reverse, as we're doing now in this little exercise, starting from Jesus' resurrection, Jesus may in John chapter 11 verse 35 be weeping for joy at Lazarus' resurrection. And continuing to ripple out from his resurrection, Jesus leaves Bethany and then spends two days contemplating his resurrection handiwork and thinking of which corner of his creation to revive and enliven next. Now let me be clear. You don't have to read the Gospel of John this way. And we, should, and we certainly shouldn't only read the Gospel this way. But Jesus being, rather than just experiencing the resurrection and the life, changes the way that we think about and do things. It even changes our sense of time. He becomes the source and center of our lives, and we as emanations of his life, as flesh and bones animated by his spirit and his resurrection. We think of Lent coming before Easter, but if we think of Jesus' resurrection as the source from which time flows, then everything else comes after it. Resurrection motivates our Lenten repentance. It makes our days of waiting bearable and even joyful because we know what has happened and that nothing can roll it back. He who is the resurrection and the life has already, like a surfer catching a wave, caught us up and put us on his board. And we are riding with him the wave of resurrection that he is rolling out to every dead and dying corner of his creation.
No illness, no contagion, and no exile can stop him or us who are his. He gathers together his scattered flock and fills us with joy and hope and confidence. For his victory is ours and our lives are his. Future, past, and right here and now. Thanks be to the Son of God and Son of Man, Jesus Christ, who is our resurrection and our life.